man. Give me a break. Wide open. The hell are you doing? Welcome back to the Section YY8 podcast. Negative Niece here in studio with the man, the myth, the legend, Gavin Julian. Um, so we were going to go live tonight, Gavin, and technology rose up and bit us right in the rear end once again, didn't it? Uh, who's surprised? It's almost like um, Tennessee beating Kentucky. No one's really surprised anymore. It just continues to happen. I'm going to rant against podbean.com who hosts our our um, podcast. So I post it there. I pay this fee to have it hosted on there and they store all they post all of our shows. It's like I mean it's who hosts the the show and then distributes it out, okay? Well, they have this live podcast feature which I've gotten on the app before just playing around and there's live podcasts going on and there's multiple people talking. There's people calling in. Um, so we have done a live podcast a couple of times. The first one was about this time last year, whenever it was, we fired Gump and, uh, had a big call in. We, we were on the air for like two hours, had a bunch of phone calls. It was really good. It was very fun. And then we did another one after Tennessee lost in the SEC tournament against um, Alabama. Mm -hmm. And that's when Gavin got shot at with guns from we don't know where, who, somebody was shooting guns. Mm -hmm. And you could hear it in the background. And that one, we had callers on that one. But this is the second time we've tried to try to get on um here this season we tried to have a call-in show earlier in the year didn't work tried to have a call-in show tonight gavin would get in it would kick him out then he finally got in and we were talking and i sent links to um some guys i i play softball with that, that listened to the show and i was like hey the show's on take a listen some of them were getting on and then it muted gavin and I clicked unmute and it just went silent. And I just said, you know what? Forget it. F it. We're out of here. We're just going to record it and post it. We will figure out how to, at some point, get a live show on. We just got to figure this thing out, Gavin, because I've had so many people say, you need to have a call-in show. You need to have more guests on. And I thought this would be a cool way. But Podbean obviously must work for Joe Biden and they don't want us on the air. That's a fact. Uh, big supporter of Biden and um, niece is looking to take his uh, 
happy little dollars somewhere else. Yep. Fix your problem. Sad. Or I'm walking and we'll find a new host. So, um, anyways, Gavin, um, did you see where, speaking of Kentucky, you, you made a joke about him. Did you see where somebody for, you know, Kentucky Sports Radio, the great radio um, station, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if they're even worthy to be called that. Remember the the um, clips we played a few weeks ago where they were talking about beating Tennessee and how fired up they were and then they had to come on the air and humble themselves the old country way. Uh-huh. Well, one of their guys posted a he had it was a picture outside of Kroger historic Kroger Field and he had either created or photoshopped some kind of a statue of Mark Stoops in front of it and says it's time to build a statue. He is the best coach in Kentucky history. So that got me thinking. I went and looked up his record. He's 58 and 53 overall as Kentucky's head coach, 29 and 45 in the SEC. How is that statue worthy, Gavin? Um, I think they should do it. I think we should fully support them doing it. So they look like a bunch of clowns. It would just embrace what they are. Um, this year they, they had nine wins, one team they, that they won against had a winning record and it was Chattanooga, the mocks. They played three other teams that had, um, winning records and they lost all three games. It took them to beat an FCS team instead of an FBS and didn't, team. And didn't they have to come from behind against Chattanooga to win? It was that game? a close game. I'm pretty God, sure. build the statue. I'm Put it up sure. tomorrow. I'm pretty sure they were behind at different points in that game, like and not not early on either. Like I remember, I think Tennessee may have been playing. It was either Pitt or Tennessee Tech that day. And the score kept popping up on one of the TVs in the skybox. And I'm pretty sure they were losing in the second half to Chattanooga. Uh, I think it was Tennessee Tech. I think it was probably that weekend. So give Mark Stoops some credit, Gavin. He's won three bowl games in a row. That's impressive. The Citrus in 18, the um, Belk Bowl, which is now the Dudes Mayo Bowl in 2019. In the Gator Bowl in 2020, when they went five and six. You know, uh, build the statue. I'm in full support. Give him a lifetime contract. Did you see the contract that he got? Yes. It basically gives him incentives for winning seven games. What an embarrassment. (laughs) I mean, golly. Cast them out like Vanderbilt. Get off of the SEC property. God, y'all are horrible. I mean, y'all aren't even about- part of the South. Go back in the mine and come back out when it's basketball time, you clowns. Talk about setting the bar low. I mean, or they just I mean he could it's go, high in the mines. So he so his first his first three years he went two and ten, five and seven, five and seven. So a little improvement, but not much. But coming off of the Joker Phillips era at Kentucky, five wins was pretty amazing. Then he goes seven and six, seven and six. So under his new contract, he would get some kind of bonuses for going seven and six. 
Well, then he goes 10 and three. Fantastic season. Finished his second in the East in 2018. Who did he lose to that year, Gavin? Let me think. Uh, probably Tennessee. Yep. That was wow. when they came. Remember when they came into Neyland ranked 11th and we just pummeled them? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was great. One of the great, best, funnest games I've been to, even though it was Pruitt. Then he goes eight and five in 2019. Last year during the COVID shortened season, he went five and six. And then this year back to nine and three. So he would have had one, two, three, four, five seasons where that seven win thing kicks in. He gets a, another two years if he wins 10 games, doesn't he? I think so. What a joke. What a joke. You should have gave him a lifetime contract like they did Cal Perry. Cal Perry, whatever. Who cares? He's a clown, too. Do you, you ever think they'll fire? I don't think they'll ever fire Cal Perry, you know, with the lifetime contract. But I know they're ranked higher than Tennessee right now. But I've watched him play a couple times this year. I, I don't. I don't see it out of him. I know that his teams usually get better as the season goes along, but wow, I just don't I don't see it. I I think I'll go uh I'll you can write this down as a hot take, but I don't see him doing anything for the rest of his career. I don't either. Uh as soon as he came out and he was like uh this uh Kentucky is a the next step for high school athletes to go to the next level. Uh I I don't think he's just he's advertising himself as a uh just a diving board. He gets you up to the next level and then he's done. I mean he gets no you it's just dumb. He's dumb. Clowns. Yeah, well we'll have plenty of time to talk more John Calipari as the basketball season rolls on, which is pretty much started in earnest now, Gavin. Um Tennessee's uh Played six games now. Um, had a good win against North Carolina, which was made to look a lot better after uh, North Carolina beat Michigan earlier this week. And didn't just beat them. They um, beat the tar out of them, no pun intended, in the second half. But a lot of basketball talk to come. I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to make fun of Calipari, weirdo. What do he wear, like two masks, three masks last year during the game? But it was to cope with how bad his team stunk. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Gavin, Tennessee last weekend capped off a um, surprising, I might say, in my opinion, surprising regular season uh, with a 45-21 to 21 win over Vanderbilt. Really should have been 45-14. to 14. Tennessee gave up a Hail Mary at the end of the half. It was the... Third Hail Mary I've ever seen in person, Gavin. Can you believe that? Some people go their entire lives without seeing a Hail Mary, and I've seen three of them in a college football game. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. 2016 Georgia, of course, the big one. Um, the course last Saturday, and then we had one against Kentucky in 2018. I mean, really, in the Georgia game, wasn't there two Hail Marys? Yeah, you could say that. Um, it, it wasn't I mean, it set up like was. a Hail Mary, but you have six seconds left or eight yeah. seconds left. However I mean, much. it pretty much was. It was blown coverage, but it wasn't your traditional step Go back, deep. chuck it to the end zone, and there's 
10 guy, eight guys standing there trying to catch it. This was more of your, they're running deep routes and Tennessee just blew it. But it, yeah. I mean, you could say in a way that was a Hail Mary. So that's four and two in the same game. That's right. Back to back plays. Incredible. But, uh, I didn't think Tennessee this past Saturday played their best game, but they, <laughs> against Vanderbilt, did you really need to? They're right. so bad. They are so bad. It's just seeing them in person, they're even worse than than I imagined. They're bad, but uh, is it sad that I kind of respect what that coach is trying to do? He's trying to put out a good product, which is yeah. a lot better than most Vanderbilt coaches yeah, we've seen trying. in years past. I mean, he's a, he's a Vanderbilt grad, so he's trying. It's I, I feel a little – sad for him but not really i hate vanderbilt i don't hate him as much as kentucky but they're right there with him uh i just think it's really funny that um vanderbilt fans will say it's a good it's a good rivalry and it's not they're just stop it's never a rivalry when you're now 46 games away from even tying the series you'd have to win 46 games in a row to tie the series Right. That's that's not a rival. I mean, it is a rivalry, but I look at them like I do a ETSU or a Tennessee Tech or a M- MTSU even somebody like that. Um, they're just they're they're so little. They're so pitiful. Yep. It's sad, really, to watch them. Like, why are they in this conference? We've talked about this a bunch. I yep. I was thinking about that Saturday night. Like, why are they in this conference? I, I mean, literally baseball, uh, anything like a good medical hospital. Uh, and if you want the SEC to flex their academics ever for some reason, I don't know why you would, but it's literally the only three reasons I can come up with. No one cares about academics. Facts. We just want to play. We just want to win in athletics. If they have to go to school and get – Whatever they got to get to get by, just get them by is what the way I look at it. This is the Southern mentality. Yes. And I'm full force. Yes. I'm always down for it. But um, for some reason, some people seem, seem to care about it. It's probably people that voted for Biden. Fair. I mean, if you think about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly. Um but those same people should not even come close to sports. Just stay away. Uh, keep your head in the books and let everybody else enjoy their life. Yes. So, um, what do you think about the game Saturday night? Anything stand out to you? Uh, it looked like we just showed up and we could just kind of beat them. We didn't really look that impressive. It was the first game where I didn't really think that our offense looked great. Um on the scripted plays necessarily. It just kind of looked like we were just, ah, we're going to beat them anyway. So we're just going to beat them. So it worked out. I mean, it's fine. Um, the only, the only, the big thing that I took away is I have not seen a team hold the ball for 10 minutes and 55 seconds in a drive against Tennessee ever. Um, I th- was it in the third quarter. I think it was. Yes. Uh, it was late the third quarter. They had like an eight minute drive before that. 
it, it felt like forever. It was so long. It was how many plays? I'm it, trying to gotta be gotta be fifteen to twenty. Uh they converted so many fourth downs. Um but I mean they they still we we won by twenty four points, and I'm starting to point out things that don't really matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, they had the ball for nine minutes seventeen seconds. Um, I think is what it was. No, I'm sorry, ten minutes fifty five seconds. Um, twenty plays, seventy five yards, touchdown. Yeah. So they scored, according to this. I I totally missed this. They scored a, a touchdown on three straight possessions. The Hail Mary to end the half. Yeah. Um, they got the ball in the second half. Scored After we thir- scored. 13 plays, 75 yards, which we scored on what, two plays? Two plays. Yeah. And then um, they got the ball back and had a 20-play drive. So they went back-to-back drives, actually three drives in a row of 75 yards, exactly 75 yards. Um, let's see, 36 plays between those three drives. Um, so they had a little fight in them. Uh, the, the long drives were the only way that they were going to be able to win. (laughs) I like Tennessee's drives. Here's their scoring drives. (sighs) Um, 12 plays, 59 yards, four minutes, 10 seconds, nine plays, 53 yards, three minutes, six seconds, a field goal, seven plays, 45 yards, a minute, 25 um, a touchdown, two plays, 75 yards. That's to start the half. Five plays, 65 yards, a minute, 16, touchdown. Um, and then two plays, 16 yards, touchdown, 56 seconds. You love to see it. I mean, it's the, <laughs> it's the incredible how fast Tennessee moves offensively. I just I keep I keep thinking at some point it's gonna playing that fast is going to catch up with us especially defensively and it's not i mean i've i've watched it all year at carter high school they do the same thing never caught up with them and they don't do it as fast as tennessee does but same mentality same top system and tennessee just goes up that it doesn't matter if it's third and 10 and they run two plays in 23 seconds they're running a third play as fast as they can Right. And if they punt, they punt. It doesn't matter. So, um, I was just looking at some of the stats from the game. Tennessee was able to run the ball pretty well. Jabari Small, 15 carries, 104 yards. Jalen Wright had a big day, 15 carries, 113 yards. Um, Small SEC had two freshman t- of the week. Yeah. Small had two TDs. Wright had one. Hendon Hooker just kind of ho-hum, 10 of 18, 156, two touchdowns. Um, Tillman had another big day, six catches, 106 yards, two touchdowns. Man, that guy has been fantastic this year. Tennessee's got some good receivers on this team. I I know some of them are leaving. Um, Peyton. Yep. Valus Jones Jr. So, yep. um, I mean, there's it's, some young guys on the team that can help going forward, and I hope they step up, which I thought – some of them might step up this year, and they, they weren't very healthy. But uh, we're going to lose those guys. Tillman, I don't know that he leaves. He might. I haven't seen any projections on him for the pros. But 
Um, man, if he stays, they yeah. could be pretty good at receiver again next year. I don't think he leaves. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of tape on last year because he only caught eight balls last year. Um, it's crazy the jump in production on really both sides of the ball from literally one coaching staff to the next. And this roster lost 30 people before this offseason. Do you have that that stat that UT posted with um, the difference yes. in – last year to this year with the offensive numbers now I do. somebody pointed out on these before you find them if you can find them i've already got them okay somebody pointed out on these that there was some stats we were worse in obviously like but that's just people nitpicking right um so you you have some of those stats you want to read to us i'll just read you the difference i won't break down each individual line um, we improved by 17 and a half points um, just in scoring alone from last year to this year. Uh, we improved total offense by 115 yards, uh, total rushing offense by 70 yards, passer efficiency by 35, um, completion percentage is up 2.2% which is uh uh twenty seventh in the nation. We're it's okay. It's around we're averaging about sixty five. Um last year we had sixty three and some sixty two point two. But um that's just because JG held the ball and just took sacks. But uh yeah. first down offense we have went up uh averaging almost close to four more a game. Uh third down a offense uh 16 uh yards better or 16 more per um um 16 more than we did last year based on uh the 10 games that we played and that's all these stats so it's really weird because they're comparing it to 10 games and we just concluded our 12th um touchdowns we had 61 to 29 and total points uh the difference is 251 points that's more points than jeremy pruitt scored last year so uh pretty impressive yeah, um, and, it, and it's hard it's hard to compare you know total numbers because we're playing eight more games than we did last year i get that but you just look at it from an average standpoint like it just blows last year offensively out of the water yeah uh it's ridiculous in our three wins last year i believe we put up 31 35 and 42 uh every other game was below 21 points yeah it yeah. was a struggle i mean it was i mean it was bad at times last year it was it was hard to watch those games last year a lot of times i just stopped watching um I remember when I had the China virus last year when we played Texas A&M, I fell asleep on my couch during the game. I, I I cannot tell you the last time that I – I don't think it's ever happened before unless I was little and don't remember sitting on the couch watching a Tennessee game and falling asleep. That's how uninterested and boring and lame Tennessee was last year. 
And this year is totally different. I mean, it was – you were on the edge of your seat to see, you know, how fast they could get up the field. Would they score? I mean, there was two different times I remember the Ole Miss game and the um, Kentucky game when we marched down the field with literally under a minute to go and got a field goal out of it. Um, and, of course, the Kentucky game, we didn't have a timeout. And three plays, 30, what, 35 yards and a field goal. It was the difference in the game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just totally – it shows you what having a competent quarterback and a competent play caller can do for you. And we had both this year. Is Hendon Hooker a Heisman candidate if he comes back? Maybe. I don't know. Is he going to be – a high draft pick ever in the NFL. I don't know. I think the last I saw Mel Copper had him as a top 10 quarterback that's eligible to come out, but I don't know. I mean, he did have, he had a great season. He's, he's good in college. I don't know if his, if he translates to the NFL, he might, I don't know, but um, he just, he makes plays. He's able to move around with his legs. He, he's, fairly accurate i think and he doesn't turn the ball over a lot hardly at all so one of the um known jokes uh on vol twitter vol picks uh has pointed out in this um comments and said that third down defense first down defense passing defense total defense sacks allowed penalties and recruiter ranking have all decreased along with time of possession. So, so all of these stats seem to matter in Vol Picks's head, um, along with whatever else is going through his mind because he's just an idiot. We talked about that. That um, and I tried to get him on the show. By the way, I reached out to him a few weeks ago, and I said, "Hey, I'd love to have you on the show. I I'm neutral on on." things you say i could care less i just follow you for the entertainment uh-huh. i said i just want you on the show just to you know ask you what goes through your mind why you know why do you hate uh Heupel? um uh-huh. why why do you vouch for pruitt all the time just to be a troll and have him on and he said that he works 12 hour shifts and he just can't oh, yeah. find the time to come on or something he it's was hard in the mind he was he was afraid yeah but uh, I, he was the one I was referencing when I said, you know, there was people pointing out things like that. Time of possession doesn't make any sense to me. Why Why would you care about that if you're scoring? Yeah, he, he likes to point out can't control the clock if you uh, have several three and outs. Like, it, it's not going to matter anyway. You're going to drain a minute, minute and a half off the clock just to give them the ball back so that they can go score? I, I don't understand. Uh, he just he just tries to down hopple so much i just don't understand like just look for the positives man yeah he um he's real big on criticizing josh hopple's recruiting he calls him a lazy recruiter this is one of the best years in the state of tennessee for high school football talent we have like two guys i mean he makes some legitimate arguments and i've said before i don't know if josh hopple's a good recruiter we've not seen it at this level Right. That has yet to be seen. Now he's been getting some guys to commit here recently, but it's that time of year where you got to start getting those guys because early signing periods here in a couple of weeks. So it's time to start bringing in 
you know, it's time to start bringing in harvest here. And there's a big weekend of recruits, uh, some guys coming in this weekend, Walter Nolan being one of them. And, um, you know, he committed, he's from Powell. He's got the um, Powell's in the Blue Cross, Blue Shield Bowl or whatever they call it now, state championship here in Tennessee. So he's got that game this weekend and he's making an official visit to Tennessee. He's a commit to A&M. And I, I know A&M's a step above us right this second, but we finished with the same record as they did in the conference this year, which go figure. But, you know, is there really that big of a difference in the programs right now, except, you know, hey, you come in here right now to Tennessee, you're going to play right out of the gate, I think, unless there's just somebody at your position that's better than you. You're going to play or have a chance to play. Would that yeah. happen at Texas A&M? I don't know. I don't think so. Right. Um, it's just crazy, crazy the way people just – point out the negatives when looking at a brand new coach um and i've seen a lot of people saying that hopple needs to turn into dr strange and open up all the portals and lead them right into ut yeah i uh, thought that was really funny yeah that was good i'm 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 willing to give josh hopple a chance i've seen him on coach on the field i think we all have right the guy can draw plays up he can get guys ready to play i mean we had a chance this year to to beat pittsburgh what you could you could say was his fault for not starting Hendon Hooker, but you know I don't know. We didn't know at the time. We all thought Joe Milton was the guy, um, but you know we had a chance to beat Pittsburgh, who's in the ACC title game. We had a chance to beat Ole Miss, who just finished up with a ten win season, first time ever, and we had a chance to beat them if Joe Milton hadn't run out of bounds. I mean, I'm not saying we would have won if he would have thrown a pass but gotta give it a chance man give, give it, it a, a chance. chance give it a chance but i mean tennessee was a few plays away from being nine and three this year which is incredible to me um but yeah it's um a successful season surprising seven and five um tennessee did remember before november when we we said tennessee needs to go two and two three and one and you you and I were both pretty adamant that we were going to go three and one we were going to beat Kentucky obviously yep. beat South Alabama and obviously beat Vandy but that Kentucky game was kind of the the one that could flip the narrative a little bit and we were able to find a way to do it yeah um I think if we went to everybody in the media or whoever you want to pick from before this season and just asked everybody what our record would have been. If anyone would have told you nine wins, no shot. If somebody would have said seven and five, okay, maybe, but they're probably drinking some kind of Kool-Aid that is uh, needs to be checked out. But uh, I don't know. It's just – it's crazy. Um, everybody th seemed to think that we we're going to win three games, and we turn around and win seven, and here we are. You know, I mean, there was four automatic wins on the schedule. You had right. Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, Vandy, and South Alabama. That's four right there. I think the games you and I talked about, I thought Tennessee, after after I sat down and looked at the schedule, and you did too, we both thought South Carolina is not very good. Tennessee, especially early in the year, Tennessee should beat them, and they did. Right. So that was the five. That's why I had Tennessee at five. Right. I thought Missouri would be a a better team than they were. And they ended up 
getting bowl eligible. They got a little bit better as the year went on, but they're still not great. Uh, but I, I didn't see us at the start of the year beating Missouri. I didn't see us beating Kentucky. And that was two wins that we got that I wasn't expecting. And I think a lot of people weren't expecting. So um, winning those games and we won them, especially the Missouri game in, in pretty easy fashion. I mean, we dominated Missouri just right out of the gate. The next week we dominated South Carolina. And that's when you saw that team, I think grow up was against Florida early in that loss early in the year when they hung around with the Gators and were a few plays away and had a, had a bad turnover and let Florida's offense, who ended up being atrocious by the end of the year, kind of run all over us. But, I mean, Tennessee was hanging around in that game. We hung around against Alabama, surprisingly. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of hung around against Georgia for a half, but they just imposed their will upon us in the second half. But Alabama never really did. I mean, we were down seven with 13 minutes to go against Alabama. So I don't want to put that game in there as, oh, we could have won that game. But we were right there competing with them, right? you know, until the fourth quarter, which is, you know, we don't have any depth. It's just going to happen. But, yeah, a surprising season for Tennessee, and I'll gladly take it. Seven wins after what that crap was that we had to put up with last year. Um Big time turnaround for Tennessee, and I'm um, hopeful about the future. I, I again, I want to see the recruiting class because Tennessee's got a lot of holes in this roster, a lot of depth issues, and Heupel's got to address that. Whether it be in freshman recruits coming in, junior college transfers, or the transfer portal itself. I heard on the radio this week that we're going to stop seeing the traditional class of twenty guys and all of them are going to be freshmen and everything like that. And it's starting to set in a little bit. And we're, I think we're done seeing that. I I don't think we're going to see, I mean, I don't think we're going to see 15 guys out of what our recruiting class is looking like at the moment. It could be Um, smaller right now. But I mean, it's just, you got to do, you got to make shifts with what you got. And I think, that with this staff, I trust that we'll just play to our strengths instead of what we lack. Yeah. So I, I just they got to build some depth up. So I'm hoping yeah. he's able to do that coming up. So um, Tennessee goes seven and five. We're obviously bowl eligible. Um, I was looking at bowl projections before we came on. Um, most of them have us in the Music City Bowl, Gavin, against Minnesota. That some of them last week had us against Iowa. That's mm-hmm. changed a little bit with their win to go 10 and 2. And then they're in the uh, Big Ten title game now, thanks to a Wisconsin loss. Yeah. But I was um, about to say, it wasn't really them winning, it was the, uh, Wisconsin losing. Right. That kind of put them up. Right. Well, it, um, I'm trying to pull up bowl projections for, for the SEC. But while I'm doing that, I, uh, I'm thinking Tennessee. Jacksonville, um, Charlotte, Nashville. I think Memphis is probably out of the equation now um, with the way we finished and some other teams um, like Florida struggling at the end of the year, even though they found a way to win last week. LSU's bowl eligible now. Um, According – this is from um, Saturday Down South. If ads will stop popping up on my screen. 
Um, their full projections are Orange Bowl, Georgia versus Oklahoma State in the playoff sem- semifinal, Sugar Bowl, Alabama, Peach Bowl, Ole Miss, Outback, Kentucky, Citrus, Texas A&M, Gator Bowl, Arkansas. I can see that. Texas Bowl, Mississippi State, Music City Bowl, Tennessee, Dudes Mayo Bowl, South Carolina, Liberty Bowl, Auburn, Birmingham Bowl, LSU. Wow. Um, the Quick Lane Bowl, Missouri, and the Cure Bowl, C-U-R-E, Florida versus App State. So most of them that I'm looking at has Tennessee in the Music City Bowl. Do you think there's a chance that Tennessee finds a way to get to Florida in, in one of these? What I mean, I don't know what could happen that – I think it would take Alabama winning the SEC title game and it'd move everybody up a rung on the ladder because they're going to make the playoffs if they win the title game this weekend. And so will Georgia. Mm-hmm. So that takes so, two SEC teams out of the bowl rotation. They're in the playoffs. So then you're going to move Ole Miss up to the sugar and move everybody up a rung. If you don't think it's a – if you think it's going to be a close game on Saturday and you're in watching that championship game, don't even think about – uh, saying anything about the official officiating, they're going to get Alabama into that playoff spot, regardless of who sees it. It doesn't matter. You know the um, commercial, the um, Buffalo Wild Wings commercial, where that guy's sitting there and he rewinds time. That's yes. what Greg Sankey will do to get Alabama into the playoff. I was watching Paul Feinbaum show when i got home from work the other day and a kid called in he was from out from georgia Mm -hmm. and he's a young kid like nine ten years old and he said hey paul Mm -hmm. paul um do you think the uh sec officials will will try to help alabama this weekend and paul's like stuttering around doesn't know what to say he's kind of like he kind of plays it off i think it's a legitimate question It's going to happen. The crooked SEC officials. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's 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 already it's in the works right now. You know what to call a holding penalty right there. Uh, They've already thrown three flags for it. Sankey's up there giving them the nod as we speak. Make it happen. We need two teams in the playoffs. Can you imagine Georgia fans if they get screwed by the officials? Yeah, they'll probably bark at people like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> you think they'd tear down the Mercedes-Benz stadium or whatever it's called? <laughs> whatever it's called, So, yeah. you said you were listening to the radio. Did you list, Were you listening to state-run Jimmy Himes? Uh, yes, I was. That's not amazing. intentionally. Uh, did you see not his, intentionally. Did you see his tweet the other day about the attendance at the game? Yes. He got ridiculed for that quite a bit. I'm trying to pull it up Good. here. Um, Anybody who says they're, they've seen 70,000 or something? Yeah, he said actual attendance for, for the Tennessee-Vanderbilt game was about 50,000. Anyone who says about 70,000 is clueless. I said, well, call me clueless because I thought there was around sixty-five to 70,000 there on Saturday. Um, there may not have been that many after Tennessee got up and started scoring quite a bit and put the game away. But I thought, you know, I was there in YY8 for the first half, and we'll talk about YY8, rest in peace, uh, here in in a few moments. But 
I was there in YY8, out with the fans, out with the people. And it, I mean, it felt like there was more than 50,000 people. I mean, the lower bowl was kind of full, except in the, the student section was a little empty because it's Thanksgiving break. But I was like, there's, I thought there was 65,000 there, just my personal opinion. Cause I said something to somebody Saturday night when I went up to the skybox for the second half, I said, I had about 65 out there, I think. Um, I think it's really funny that uh, he wants to criticize people. Uh, I don't even think he can count to 40, much less 70,000 versus 50,000. And while we're doing the renovations, can we just get all of the old media people that we hate and keep them inside the stadium and then rip it out too? Just bury them under the west sidelines they're tearing down. Yes. Have you ever seen his gumbo that he made? It's awful. <laughs> it looks like diarrhea, like watery brown diarrhea, like yellow brownish diarrhea. It's awful. You know, when you've got diarrhea and it's real, it's just bad, and you look down and it's just like your toilet's just full of brown water. Whew. That's what his gumbo looked like. <laughs> it was bad. Brian Kelly looking at it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of, let's talk coaches. So a lot of movement um, this past week in the coaching carousel, and some of it's kind of surprising. So I mm -hmm. wanted to get your thoughts on it real quick. So I think everybody thought, and the r rumors going around was Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma was going to go to LSU. He shot it down several times. Well, then Sunday morning, he bolted for Southern California. USC hired him. I think that one came out of nowhere. Um, I did not see that one coming. I didn't really know. they USC was kind of off of my radar. I didn't know who they were going to go after. Um, so that I was sitting there like, who is who in the world is LSU going to get? I thought they still may go after somebody big, but they pull Brian Kelly from Notre Dame, which is crazy to me because Notre Dame, to me, um, and when I grew up, Notre Dame was really, you know, the one of the top programs in the country. And, Gosh. you know, looking back on it and reading articles about it, no one's ever left Notre Dame like he has voluntarily to go to another job like that. I think it had been like 113 years since it had happened. So I just thought it was strange that uh, I mean, I don't think it's strange. I don't blame him because I think – I was telling some guys the other day, I think he's plateaued at Notre Dame. He's, he's got them winning 10, 11, 12 games, but they just can't get the talent in to compete with a Georgia or an Alabama-type team. And I just don't think they ever will. Uh, but the guys won a bunch of football games up there. But I saw a bunch of people kind of questioning that hire at LSU, saying it's going to blow up in their face. And I – Am I missing something, Gavin? Like the guys, are, he's won 236 games as a head coach. He won a national title in the Division II level, and he's done nothing but win games at Central Michigan, Cincinnati, and now Notre Dame. I mean, he's left leaving Notre Dame as the all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame history. That says a ton right there in itself. And I don't know. I don't. I'm not getting the hate for for Brian Kelly going to LSU like I, some people are, are giving it. I think a lot of people are just saying he, he won't fit in, and I think that's a valid concern. 
But when your last three head coaches have won national championships, I don't really feel like it's much of the as much as the coach as much as the school. The school is just going to recruit itself almost, and you just have to be able to manage that talent. And he's shown that he can he can manage that talent. Um, he's been a great coach. Um, he has struggled once he whenever he gets into the playoffs, just because he does he doesn't have a conference. No, that's one of Notre Dame's biggest troubles in in my eyes, and especially in football. I think they are in the ACC in basketball, aren't they? Um, yes, they are. They're in the ACC and everything except football. So I, I that really doesn't make sense for that conference either. I don't know why you're in the ACC. Um, I don't know if you've. I don't know if they have maps there, but they should look at a map and then. Uh, decide a conference that is actually semi-close to I guess it doesn't make a lot of sense anymore because West Virginia is in the Big 12 but it is what it is yeah um I think the ACC desperately wants Notre Dame in there who can blame them but I I think LSU hit a home run hiring Brian Kelly you're right I did talk to somebody the other day about he he's a Yankee and there's no other way to put it. He's only coached above the Mason Dixon line. So, well, does that mean anything coming down to the deep South? I don't know. Um, football's football, but it is a little different down here. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Um, I'll get to see Mr. Kelly in person next October when I travel to LSU again for the Vols versus LSU. So we'll get to see, how Josh Heupel matches up with him. But um, so Lincoln Riley is at USC. Brian Kelly is gone from Notre Dame to LSU. Mm -hmm. uh, Notre Dame hired their defensive coordinator and Tommy Reese, their offensive coordinator, staying put. Uh, so they'll coach Notre Dame in the postseason because they still have a shot, a legitimate shot to make the playoffs if certain things happen. So um it's it's interesting this coaching carousel and it's not over because Oklahoma hasn't hired anybody yet. Um, I think it's very weird that I mean I guess it was a good play to just bump your uh, coordinator up at Notre Dame. I just feel like they could have got somebody that was a proven winner, aka um, Urban Meyer. I would have got Urban Meyer if I was him. Yeah, I thought Urban Meyer or Luke Fickle, but I guess they didn't want to wait around because Fickle might make the. I mean, Bearcats might make the playoffs, and but that didn't stop their coach from leaving. True, but I, I, I mean, it's Notre Dame too. I mean, yeah, it's still if, hard when you're undefeated to leave when you've got a chance to play for a national title. And like, nah, I'm gonna go to Notre Dame. I just, leave. <laughs> I started to think like, what if that happened to us? So say Hopple left, and then we had to pick uh, OC or DC to be our head coach. I guess we're picking banks. I guess we're. I mean, we're gonna just pick banks. So, yeah, banks. You know? is a, so uh, Tennessee related news: David Cutcliffe retired slash, I think was asked Got to kicked. retire um, at Duke after 14 seasons the other day. And Tennessee's defensive coordinator Tim Banks has been linked to that job. I haven't heard anything about it the last couple of days. They may have hired somebody, and I haven't paid attention. I don't but think they have. I don't think they have, but. Um, TCU made a surprise hire, Sonny Dykes, whose, whose name was mentioned several times for this Tennessee job, especially after he left 
he was at Louisiana Tech, and he went to Cal and had a bad run out there, and he's been at SMU and, and been okay at SMU, but I, I don't get – that guy falls up quite a bit. He I, I don't get why he keeps getting these jobs, and I was surprised – TCU's not a bad football school. Gary Patterson kind of built that thing. I know they're a private institution, so things are a little bit different there. But um, I thought they might hire somebody a little bit better than Sonny Dykes. Yeah. Um, I also think it's funny that someone from Fulmer's coaching tree is asked to leave slash retire kind of the way he did. Yeah, it, he was asked to. Yeah, so. he he did not have a good last couple of years at Duke. Um, I mean, who can blame him? Duke, I mean, that's rough. That's a well, tough ever job. Since they, I mean, Daniel Jones was there. He was drafted by the Giants, and ever since Daniel Jones has been gone, he's they've struggled. But uh, David Cutler is probably the best coach besides Spurrier that Duke's ever had. Um, I would have to agree, and I think it's going to be funny because the first thing I think of when I think of uh, Cutcliffe at Duke is that Miami return. Yes. Uh, where they have 17 laterals and end up with a touchdown beating Duke. Yes. It's, um, I also remember him as being at LH or Ole Miss, and that was really rough. Yeah. But he, but he had some success down there. I mean, right. they ran him off and hired Ed Orgeron. Whew. I mean, imagine that. Whew, that's rough. I mean, they went from Cutcliffe, who obviously coached Eli Manning at, while he was at Ole Miss. Um, I'm trying to look his record up. At Ole Miss? While he was at Ole Miss. I mean, he he, he had a pretty good run there. Um, he was head coach at Ole Miss, left in 98 um, after Tennessee won the SEC title against Mississippi State and was there till the 2004 season. So, he went eight and four, seven and five, seven and four, seven and six, ten and three. So I said they won ten games. I think it was the regular season, the first time they had, they had ever won ten games. He won ten games, went ten and three, won the Cotton Bowl, finished the season ranked thirteenth, and then went four and seven the next next year and was canned. So he went forty four and twenty nine at Ole Miss, a place where there's not been a ton of winning. I mean, they're they're they've been okay. But at Duke, he was overall 77 and 97. Um, he had some success in the mid 2000s. He went 10 and 4 in 2013, 9 and 4 in 2014, 8 and 5 in 2015. Uh, skip a year and he went 7 and 6, 8 and 5 in 2018. So he had some success at a place that it's a lot like Vanderbilt. Let's just be honest in football, they're not good. Their stadium looks a lot like Vanderbilt's, but he won 77 games there in 14 seasons. So, I mean, obviously 20 games below 500, but think of some of the teams they were playing while he was there. But um, David Cutcliffe out at Duke, and um, he is he finishes third on Duke's all-time win list behind Wallace Wade and Bill Murray, not the actor. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess there was rumors going around that Tennessee might hire him as a consultant to try to get one Arch Manning to come to town. You think that might happen? Bring him on. Come on. Bring him on. So, um, if anything, come hang out with Philip Fulmer again. 
Yeah, they can sit courtside at basketball games. I mean, they can probably still walk on the field and coach. Phil Fulmer tries to. Yeah, true. Old Phil, they were calling him a teddy bear on TV the other night during the basketball game. (laughs) Kevin just shaking his head. Um, All right, real quick, news and notes. We've been talking about it for a long time, and I will will try to get these – some section YY8 people on at some point. It's just a lot going on right now. And I hadn't had time to really plan it. Maybe during the holidays we can do it. But section YY8 officially closed on Saturday night, Gavin. Uh, first game ever for me in section YY8 was 20, uh, 2009. Western Kentucky blowout win 63-7. to and then we finish with another blowout to close out Section YY8, 45-21 against Vanderbilt. So a pretty successful run. And a lot of losses to Alabama, Georgia, Florida over the years. But Section YY8 is officially closed. I'm sure some of you all have seen pictures. They've already demolished the west sidelines that were built in 1921. Um, That was the original part of the stadium that was finished in March of 21, uh, 1921. So 100 years ago, this past March, that stadium, part of the stadium was completed. Now they've demolished it. Um, So Section YY8, I guess, will be next when they put the video board and all that in. So um, Santa Vol came to visit us Saturday night, Gavin. I've seen that. Posted a picture with him. Nice. Um, got some pictures with some of the guys that have been there through the long run. Big Montana vanished. He came and sat down and said he had to go to the bathroom, and I never saw him again. He, was, he probably thought that the renovations were going to take the troughs out, too. <laughs> he uh, ended up going to the skybox because we were going to go up there in the second half. I wanted to spend one last half in Section YY8, and um, he ended up just going to the box, and, of course – you i didn't have cell phone service at ut it is the it is the craziest thing gavin when i can drive through ut's campus when school's in parking is packed there's there's twenty thousand students roaming around campus and -hmm. i've got cell phone coverage on a game day saturday we pull into the parking lot there's nobody in the parking lot yet because we're there four or five hours early we have no cell phone coverage. Nobody. We can't transfer tickets to each other. We can't make phone calls. We can't change our picks or look at our picks if we need to. We can't do nothing. I don't get it. Just imagine this is a shot at Jimmy. Just imagine if there were 70,000 fans there. Oh, just imagine. Imagine. Because well, apparently I got they the weren't stadium, there. Apparently, everybody was up in the box waiting for me, and I told them I wasn't going to come until after halftime. But they were telling me to get up there. But, the like, I just started walking toward the box at halftime, and my phone starts blowing up. And all these text messages that are coming through that people sent me an hour ago. Um, and it wasn't just my phone. It was a lot of people. I, I don't get it. We're out in the middle of a parking lot, and we have no cell phone coverage. Every home game on a Saturday. Yep. If I went last week or two weeks ago, when the parking lot was full and students were in class and stood in the same spot where we tailgate at. And I had full service. I made phone calls. I checked the email. I did everything. Like, mm-hmm. what is, 
crazy. Anyways, uh, our time has ended in section YY8, Gavin. Um, it beautiful will be run. missed. It, it was a beautiful run. It will be missed. Um, had a lot of exciting moments up there. My sister and my now brother-in-law, when they were dating, about got in a fight with a former Vol. Nice. I think it was um, Xavier Mitchell. Hmm. I believe that's who it was. It's either him or Antonio. I think it was Xavier Mitchell or Antonio Reynolds. I can't remember which one. Day Day Vol can remember it. So I didn't sit there that game. I gave them my tickets and I went and sat with a friend. And my sister was all upset after the game because she was making fun of Matt Sims mm-hmm. because he was bad. Right. And he took exception to it. He also was intoxicated, and he took exception to it and had some words for it. And my brother-in-law, did, now brother-in-law, didn't like it. And uh, I thought they apparently they almost got in a fight because Day Day Vol is texting me like, you may want to get up here. Your sister and brother-in-law is about to get in a fight with this guy. I ended up having to call UT and like, I said, I don't want that guy back in my, in my section ever again, because he, I'd had a run in with him earlier in the year, but he didn't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's several people had, he would, anytime somebody was critical of the Vols, he would threaten them. Um, so anyway yeah it uh it got ugly there um another time a lady cussed me out because i said that jake Fromm shouldn't be running as fast as he is because he's white odd point valid point white men can't jump we also are slow yep and i was upset because he kept running quarterback draws on butch jones's defense we were down 41 nothing at halftime and I didn't like it. And she turned around and called called me an asshole and walked off. Big Montana was in line to go to the bathroom. And she said, you need to get your friend. And he said, I can't control him. <laughs> and he le- and, Bo- and Big Montana left the stadium. <laughs> God. I never even saw him the rest of the day. That's hilarious. So we had a lot of – I won't share any other stories. We'll save it for the Remembrance Show. Leave the memories alone section yy8 show but um yeah if you haven't seen the pictures i got to go up in the skybox or sorry pictures were sent to me from the skybox um from the demolition they've pretty much got all the stands tore out so they're going to start building the uh, club level seats there on the west sideline did you see the tweet from the guy saying the uh they had messed up some of the demolition in the south end zone and the structural integrity of the stadium was in question was in question yeah there there were people that believed that that's so awesome so a guy i know emails me today and said i just got an email that the that neyland stadium they're having some issues with the uh, demolition have you heard about this and i'd already read the tweet and i laughed at it because that guy posts a lot of satire stuff anyways and i was like yeah, I saw that tweet, and then I opened the email, and it was that tweet. I was like, uh, this is not – this is fake. It was an old <laughs> picture from when they were demolishing the – I think it was the uh, biology annex building that was in the south end zone. That's but, hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I literally drove through there today. Yeah? Uh, I drove down yeah. T. Martin Pass or Drive, which is the shortest road in the history of roads. It's about like drove, his – no. Nope. I drove under the stadium because I was supposed to go pick some stuff up from the skybox to put take to storage. And um, 
I got down there and they had already picked it up and left and didn't tell me. So I had to turn around the road. You usually leave on blocked off with construction stuff. So I looked like Austin powers in my truck trying to turn around under the stadium to get out. <laughs> and yes. uh, I got out, I made it out finally, mm-hmm. but, um, a lot of changes coming to Neyland stadium next year, Gavin, what do you think? Are you looking forward to them? I, I think they're needed. Yeah, I think they're needed. Um, a lot of people are upset about losing um, how many seats we have in there. But, I mean, if you're following anything Jimmy Hom says, we only get 50000 in there anyway. So, um, I think make it comfortable for the people that do show up. I think you've lost the average fan that would show up every now and again. So, might as well make it comfy for the people uh, that do show up. And if anything, you start getting good again, guess what? Renovation, boom, make it bigger. Yeah. I mean, back. I mean, what is it? It's, it's college. Uh, they constantly remodel and demo and build, put it back. It's just constant evolution. Yeah. I mean, Chicago Cubs did this with Wrigley field. They basically tore, they haven't done the upper deck, but they tore the lower deck down and, rebuilt the whole lower seating sections of Wrigley Field. And I think that's what's coming to Neyland Stadium in some shape, form, or fashion, especially on the west sidelines. Um, the north end zone upper deck where section YY8 was – it's hard to say, Gavin. <laughs> makes me emotional. Was. It's uh-huh. going to be a party deck with a video board, but um, the south – I guess it's the southeast side of the stadium. Feels like you're walking back in time. It's old. So a lot of changes coming to the stadium that need to happen. It's stadium starting to show its age quite a bit and they need to do some stuff to to upgrade it and catch it up. You know, not necessarily making it more comfortable, but viability wise for the future, you don't want the thing to collapse and and go into disrepair and we have to build a new stadium. I would I would really suggest um, wins. I think wins would help a lot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. More wins and wins, uh, wins against other teams besides South Alabama and Tennessee Tech and Bowling Green and Vandy might, would help. And Kentucky. True. Yes, Kentucky. Got to mix mean, it up a little bit. You know, Tennessee. You know, we don't. We'll talk about next year later on. Um, and and future shows but you know it i think a step for tennessee next year is to beat a florida at home is to beat a georgia or alabama type team florida's gonna come in here and we're gonna have every shot in the world to beat them we're gonna have a chance to go on the road next year and beat a lsu and they're gonna beat us by three touchdowns florida probably because we're gonna go down there at night it's gonna be loud electric and we're gonna play awful are you going oh yeah so we're losing next year yeah Next year's going to be a big football season for me. Um, I'm already planning. We're going to Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. We're going to LSU. I'm going to the LSU-Auburn game on Tennessee's bye week. So, a um, lot, of, lot of traveling around the southeast and northeast next year for Negative Nice and company. You, you're invited to go if you want. I'll pass. <laughs> Big pass. Big, big hard pass. I like to sit and yell at my own TV. All right. Yeah. 
there's something to say about that too. You don't have yeah. to wait in line for the bathroom. You've got a refrigerator feet just feet away. That's right. Um, who do you got this weekend? Alabama or, or Georgia? Um. Uh, I want Alabama to win because if Alabama gets another championship, it won't really mean that much. But if Georgia gets one, then we don't have anything to say to them. Uh, we can't say 1980. We can't say any of the funny things that I like to say to um, grown people barking at me. So, um, and if it's a close game, which Kirby Dumb will make it a close game, somehow some way uh georgia hasn't been in many of those situations so i think they could fold honestly um is alabama the team to do it probably not but um i think kirby dumb has kind of like a a, a daddy complex with him with nick saban and uh we'll see if it holds true this weekend i think georgia wins um i'll oh, be yeah. back and close um until the fourth quarter i think georgia kind of wears them down i i mean alabama can beat georgia i just i don't know i don't see it happening but i've got georgia this weekend um yeah big weekend for conference championship games so a lot of football to watch starting at noon on saturday um tennessee basketball real quick gavin i mentioned um, hold on oh uh do you who do you think gets into the playoff? Well, I think if Georgia we just wins, want to go ahead and do that. Georgia win. I think Georgia's in regardless if they win or lose. But I think Georgia wins. They'll be the one seed. I think Michigan will have to fight with Iowa, and they'll end up winning that game and make the playoffs. I think Cincinnati Houston game will be interesting, but I think Cincinnati finds a way to win, and they get in and. um who am I missing, Gavin? Oklahoma State. Oklahoma um, State, I think, might get in. They're the five right now. Well, um, we got Alabama in. They're going to fall out if they lose. Man, what if they don't? What if they don't fall out? Uh, if I don't, I don't. Well, here's the here's the scenario on that. So say 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 Georgia loses, or say Alabama loses, and then say Oklahoma State loses, and say Cincinnati loses. So that knocks those three teams. Alabama has every right in the world to be in that playoff. Now they might try to move Notre Dame up, and that's Notre fine. Dame. Yeah, um, that's how I think Notre Dame can still get in it, and they probably would be in it by that point with one loss, and their only loss being Cincinnati. But um, I think I mean there's a legitimate shot even if Alabama loses, if some things happen, they still make the playoffs. I mean their two losses are to uh, Georgia and. Um, my God, who did they lose to? They've lost a game. Gavin, how do we not know? <laughs> We've gone completely blank here. We have no idea who Alabama lost to. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Um, so, I mean, their two losses are to two pretty good teams. So, um, I, I see – I can see them in, in the playoffs easily. Who's the seven? Is it Ohio State? I think they're seven or eight. Baylor was nine. Baylor. Oh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, Ole Miss. I don't. There's no way they get in. <laughs> Crazy. It'll be interesting to see. Um, a lot could happen. I mean, if Michigan loses, say Michigan loses, um, o- Oklahoma State loses, and Cincinnati 
it's chaos at that point. I mean, Baylor would have to jump up. They're number nine. So I think Baylor would jump up because Baylor would have beaten Oklahoma State. And then I guess you slide Alabama in there. I guess. (laughs) Crazy. Um, Tennessee basketball on the road this weekend at Colorado. Um, ESPN's BPI gives Tennessee a 68.5% chance to win. I don't see a line on this game, but Tennessee's moved up to 13th since we last recorded, Gavin. They're five and one. They pounded Presbyterian. The other night um, had a – didn't play very well last Saturday against Tennessee Tech after being off a few days uh, since they played and beat North Carolina um, the weekend before. But um, they uh, found their groove late in the second half against Tennessee Tech. Came out a little sloppy on Tuesday night, but just pounded the last 30 minutes, just pounded Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tennessee uh, taking on a Colorado team that's six and two right now. Um, their leading score is uh, Jabari Walker, fourteen point nine a game. Um, so we'll see. Uh, there's no line for this game yet, but I'm assuming Tennessee will be favored. But uh, tough first road test of the year. We've had a neutral site game, but first road test of the year for the Vols. And then they're um, at Madison Square Garden for the Jimmy V Classic next week against Texas Tech. So couple big matchups for Tennessee early on in the season coming up. Yeah, uh, it'll be – Colorado is kind of a trap game, honestly. Um, Texas Tech uh, and under the big lights. Yeah. Um, well, Colorado made the tournament be... last year, and they were – they played Tennessee fairly tough at home last year. And I don't see that game being a cakewalk at all. Tennessee's going to have to play good to, to win that game this Saturday. And they just got done playing uh, UCLA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was like a 10-point game. So yeah. Tennessee will have their work cut out for them the next two games. Those won't be cakewalk games like Presbyterian and Tennessee Tech. I uh, don't know if you've seen, but North Carolina twaxed somebody. Michigan last night. Yeah. They were up two at halftime and one by 23 or something like that. It was a thrashing. Total thrashing. So, Tennessee, 2 o'clock this Saturday, FS1. I don't remember us ever playing on FS1. Interesting channel selection, but they carry the Big 12. But um, we'll be watch, tuning in this Saturday to watch the Baller Vols go out to um, Boulder, wearing the road orange to take on the Buffaloes. Uh, cool to see Tennessee play at a different venue. <laughs> I mean – I uh, that's what it. I like about college basketball. You go on the road and play at some of these different venues. It's good. Yeah. Um, so we'll be back next week to talk. We'll know by the time we record next week on Sunday, we'll know when the um, – or we'll know where Tennessee is going in a ball game. And then uh, – so we'll talk about that. If I'm going or not, I'll announce that live on the show and uh, or the recorded version at least. And uh, we'll look back, Tennessee basketball with a couple games, like we said, Colorado, Texas Tech. So we'll talk about those. And uh, we'll preview bowl season. Who's in the playoffs? Who's playing who in the bowls from the SEC? And we'll look to see where the Vols are headed. And um, it'll be interesting. Tennessee's going bowling. First time since 2019 when we won the Gator Bowl against Indiana. They fired their coach, I saw. So, 
Um, he lost to Pruitt. He deserves it. So, um, of course, last year we were supposed to go to the Liberty and we had to back out because we had, quote, COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, so we'll be back next week. We're going to have a couple more shows before the holidays. We'll take a couple weeks off for uh, Christmas, New Year's, and then come back at it after the bowl games. But uh, we'll, we'll see where Tennessee's heading. We'll, we'll take a look at where the rest of the conference is going. Every – Team in the conference is bowl eligible except Vanderbilt. So, shocker, shocking, shocking turn of events. So, Gavin, you got anything before we check out? Uh, just seen a final score Mizzou lost to Liberty tonight by a grand score of 21. Um, you love to see it. Conzo's really tearing it up out there, isn't he? At Pat 40. Um, what a loser. I think we need to tweet him every time. I mean, every single time. Quote tweet and send him it every single time. If I want him never, to feel. If you've never – if you don't know what we're talking about, look up Pat Forty's tweet about Tennessee basketball and Conzo Martin. Every every single time we need to tweet oh, it Oh, and they him. do. People do tweet him. It's, it's fantastic. It's so great. Well-deserved. And I love our fans. Um, i just seen another score. Uh, for an NBA game, this is completely random. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are beating the Oklahoma City Thunder 148 to 70. Um, and that's 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 for real. Um, that's actually happening. Wow. Um, what is happening o- in that game? OKC has scored 16 points, and in the fourth quarter, they have scored eight. Well, oh, they just scored 10. So they wow. are having a great night. Um, but I I thought it was uh error, so I thought that was really impressive. But NBA is trash. So interesting to dive into that and see what happened in that game. That's you don't see that a whole lot in, in pro basketball. No, uh NBA's hot garbage now, but it's not good. um we'll stick back to college. I just thought that score was alarming. Um, it, it is alarming, that's for sure. Anytime your team gets beat up by seventy, you know, they're getting must be a Mizzou up. fan. <laughs> doubled up. All Go. right. Well, we'll be back next week. Appreciate everybody listening. You can find us as always on the terriblepodbean.com app or Podbean app, Podbean.com, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast um listen notes just google being us section yy8 podcast and we'll pop up it'll tell you how to get there follow us on twitter at section yy8 same on facebook and you can go back and listen to any of these shows why you would want to listen to it i don't know um, Who knows? so i was i was telling sandoval before we go i took the picture with sandoval and told him who i was and he said oh i follow i follow your twitter and I was like, well, you need to listen to the show. And he said, I'm going to start doing that. So, Sandoval, if you're listening, shout out. Great guy. Terrific guy. Um, he came over and visited. I posted the picture. He said, visiting my friends one last time. And he was posing with a picture of Y.Y. 8 signed next to him. So, shout out to Sandoval for showing up to wish everybody a Merry Christmas in Section Y.Y. 8 and wish us a goodbye as we move to section Z11 and the other guys moving to Y9.
So we'll still be kind of close to each other. But anyways, hope Sandoval's listening. Spread the word. We need some more listeners. I tried to tell as many people about the show as I could at tailgates this year, but no one listened. So appreciate everybody listening. You've been listening to the Section YY8 podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Wish that I was on a rocky top down in the Tennessee hills.